Life in this fallen world is complicated. Even those who have been given grace to grow in the knowledge of God through his word and the guidance of the Holy Spirit will never fully understand him and his ways. Now, every person is a mixture of good and bad in varying degrees at various times. And also speaking of uh, cultures and nations, uh, they also are mixed. And as I thought about this, you know, the, uh, there are people, many people, who can be living under very, very evil and oppressive governments and yet desire with all their heart to seek and know God and Jesus. Just as there are many people who are among God's people who from time to time are more than capable of being selfish, spoiled children. Okay, now, despite all of this, and we heard this last week, the good news is the God who created everything is also the covenant God who he had pledged it to Abraham and he actually did it 2,000 years ago. He died because we broke the covenant. He died for us, for our disobedience to both him and the Father. Now, what's really cool about God is that he perfectly balances opposites, okay? And he also, also loves us so much that even when we're rebellious, or even when we're trying to follow him, he will discipline us in order to make us more like Jesus. So this all shows his balance of mercy Mercy and uh, justice. We hear a lot about justice. God is both just and merciful. It also balances his love for people, but his hatred of the sin that they commit. It balances forgiveness and consequences. Both happen. It also balances, God's balances on this earth, light and darkness, light and death. And everything that I have said here and more is brought out in this lengthy passage that we heard this morning. The parted waters of the sea are a picture of the cross of Jesus Christ. Just as God's people took the way that he provided to get across the sea on dry ground, uh, even though it made no sense to them at all, and we'll go into that deeper in a little while, all who will receive by faith the work that Jesus did for them on the cross, having never seen the resurrected Savior, I don't think any of us have, and that's in Peter's first letter. We will receive the same salvation from sure death that the Israelites received in our story. But conversely, and sadly this is very true, 
you know, when I wrote it, it almost doesn't seem like I should say it. But there are people, and we know who some of them are, they see the cross as a way to exploit weak and gullible people. But they will find, just as the Egyptians did, that they will be drowned by their own selfish desires, by their own selfish desires, when the cross falls on them and crushes them, rather than saving them, because they would not receive God's mercy. So now let's dig into our passage to learn from this historical account that God has preserved for us that we may know him and his ways, in fact, know his heart, his very heart. It's in three parts. And the first part has to do, I'll summarize it for us. The Israelites feared when Egypt overtook them. But Moses said, fear not and see Yahweh's salvation. So let's look at this first part. It starts off as Israel leaves Egypt, and yes, the King James said, with a high hand. The Egyptians caught them by the sea, causing them to fear and cry out to Yahweh to receive all. And, and this is the whole point of us being mixtures. They cried out to Yahweh, and then they accused Moses even after the ten plagues. But let's not be hard on them. Line by line. Then Pharaoh heart Yahweh, Yahweh hardened Pharaoh's heart, and he pursued the sons of Israel as they were going out. Some translations say defiantly, but it's literally with a high hand. And if you remember the 1968 Olympics, think back to um, Tommy Smith and John Carlos on the medal stand when they gave the Black Power salute. That's what they were doing to Pharaoh and the Egyptians. Well, the Egyptians pursued them with people and powerful weapons, and they even overtook them as they were camping by the sea because they had nowhere else to go. And when the Israelites beheld them, they were in great fear, and they cried out to Yahweh. Now this is very, very important. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. Okay. Well, first, before we go anywhere, and I didn't look up what kind of H's these were in Hebrew, so let's just take the place names. Pihahiroth, means the place of sedge or papyrus black grass. This is the kind of grass that grows in wetlands. What else would we expect by the sea? So it's an adequate placement. And then also Baal Safan means the Lord of the North. So they were somewhat north of where they had started out. They were maybe at the northern edge of the sea. But this crying out is very, very important. It's not that common in Scripture. But what it means is to call for help. Help. Help me. Usually to God. And I've given you three psalms of many 
that talk about God's people crying out to him for help. But then they said to Moses, was it because there were no graves in Egypt? You took us out here to die? What have you done to bring us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you, stop and let us serve the Egyptians rather than die in the wilderness? Here's the mixed bag. It took some faith to cry out to Yahweh. But they're directing sarcasm to God's chosen leader. And they're lying to themselves. All you have to do is read the chapters before this. Things were horrible in Egypt. My goodness, they were slaves under hard labor. But now fear is speaking. You know what? They're really just acting in a typically human fashion. Let's just examine ourselves. How much time do we have some faith in God? And then we just get frustrated by what's happening, by what we see. We fall into fear. And here they're attacking God's servant and God's messenger. We're all mixtures. We can have some faith, but then we can also grumble and mumble. Okay. Now we get the response. Moses said to the people, Fear not. Station yourselves and see the salvation Yahweh will work. He will fight for you. You need to be quiet. Be still. And then Moses said, Fear not. Station yourselves and see the salvation Yahweh will work. And this is beautiful. I was listening carefully when this was read. Because you will never see the Egyptians again, ever. Never, ever see them. That's what's going to happen. Be still. Okay, so there's three commands. The first and the strongest one is just this. Do not be afraid of people. We're not to fear people if we know God. And then they must set themselves immovable. Don't panic. And then finally, they must see the salvation of Yahweh. You know, we can't save ourselves and we need to get over it. But we need to look for the Savior to save us. Yahweh will do the work. It's Yahweh who will save you people, not yourselves. He will fight for you, continuing on. And you yourselves must be silent, quiet, hold your peace. And that's an emphatic you. Hey, you all, yes, you all, be still, be still. Yahweh is saying he will fight for them. So instead of complaining, keep quiet. You know what? That is great advice. Okay. And not just for them. Some 3,400 years ago. No. Let us be humbled. Because even God's chosen people can become self-deceived complainers who must stand and be quiet. So they will see him work salvation 
for them. People, and I realized even this weekend, starting with me, may we never grumble against God when we have been given his word. We know he's the Savior. Okay, the middle of the three parts. Yahweh told Moses what he was to do. And then the pillar of cloud moved to protect the Israelites. And then after Yahweh divided the waters, they went through on dry land. And when Egypt pursued, Yahweh fought them. Okay, this is the longest section of our passage. It's in two parts. First of all, Yahweh told Moses to have Israel journey. Then he was to stretch his hand over the water and divide it. Now, I don't know about you, but when I read that, if I was Moses, you thought he had enough questions when God just called him to go to Pharaoh and save the people? My first thought, and maybe I'd be afraid to express it, but you know what I was thinking. How can my hand divide a sea? You want me to do what? But he said, and you yourself, Moses, that gets even worse, must raise your staff, stretch out your hands to the sea, divide it, and the sons of Israel will go right through the middle of it on dry ground. Well, apparently, the tone of voice of Yahweh was so strong, and he was saying, you must do this. Moses was just, okay, okay, I must do this. But now here's the good news. So we know we can't do what we're supposed to do. Then Yahweh goes on and says, As for me, behold, I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians, and then they will go after them. And then I will get glory through Pharaoh and the Egyptians, and they will know I am Yahweh when I get glory. Now this word glory, it's kabod in Hebrew. And its basic meaning is something which is very heavy, very weighty, very serious, very momentous. And whenever I see that definition of heavy and glory, I think about what they said in laughing in the 1960s, which became a byword, heavy man, heavy. It's almost too much to comprehend. It's awesome. It's beyond our understanding. We're helpless before. Well, God is awesome. And that is his glory. And then to know. Now, this has not changed from the Garden of Eden till now, and it will never change. People must know who God is, who he is in order to have life in him. And I've given you a passage from Jeremiah, the Gospels, and the letter to the Philippians. Then we're told, and here's where it gets really interesting, then the angel of God moved. He was leading them all the way up to the sea. 
he moved. And then uh, he went from the head of the camp to the back, as did this pillar of cloud. And then it came between the two camps. So the Egyptians were closing ground. There wasn't much room. And now this pillar of cloud comes between the two camps. And here it is. Pay attention. The cloud was darkness to the Egyptians or the enemy of God. But the same cloud on the other side was light in the darkness to God's people. This is the nature of God in his response to people. But first, this angel of God is the angel of the Lord, the pre-incarnate Jesus Christ. So he didn't have a human body. But he was with them, and Paul says that in Corinthians. He said Christ followed them from Egypt all the way through the wilderness to the promised land. Now the cloud that protected Israel before Yahweh, before Yahweh hadn't worked their salvation, which is still a coming at the sea, it caused darkness. Darkness to God's enemies, light to his people. And we need to understand this, you know, if we've known God for a while and experienced his salvation, we think it's all good. But God's salvation is both light and darkness. Light to those who received him, darkness to the rest. It's life and death. Those who have God's spirit through Jesus Christ, they have life. Everybody else is still dead. Okay? Salvation brings both light and darkness. Right now there's light and darkness all throughout this world, but Yahweh saved his people through this pillar of cloud of both darkness and light. Okay, and now we're told the waters were divided. Israel went through on dry ground, but when Pharaoh's army pursued, Yahweh brought heavy confusion. Line by line. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. And Yahweh made the sea go back in a strong east wind all night long. He made the sea dry, and the waters were divided. And the sons of Israel went in the middle of the sea on dry ground. And now think about this. The waters were a wall, a wall on the right hand and on their left hand. Now, there's no doubt about it, this is a miracle. A miracle of amazing magnitude, dividing the waters of a sea. This is major, a major miracle. It makes no sense at all, I already said this, that a human being raising a staff at the edge of a sea, that that would cause the water to divide. And here's where I finally understood after about 10 years what Hebrews 11, 29 means. Because with all their complaining and conviction, they didn't seem to have faith in God. But then I realized it's not what we think of God that matters. It's how do we respond to what God did. So he divided these waters. Where did the faith come in? 
They took the way God provided. It takes great faith to walk along a pathway through a sea with a wall of water on both sides. Now, it doesn't take any imagination. For sure, the water was probably at least 50 feet high on either side, five stories. I don't know of any sea where the middle doesn't have a depth of at least 25 feet. Think about the faith that it takes to go through there. And maybe they had more faith than me. And I don't know how long it was. A hundred yards, a quarter of a mile, whatever. Every step I would be thinking, will this miracle hold? Will it get me to the other side? Will he keep the waters divided? Well, they got through and then were told that the Egyptians pursued and went after them. Pharaoh's horses, chariots, horsemen in the midst of the sea. Here's that word pursue for the second time in a town. And it can mean as much as persecution. Certainly that's the case here. He wants to take them back, put them back in slavery. Sometimes it might mean follow. In fact, the English translation of Psalm 27 uses that word for Yahweh's goodness and strong, loving kindness. But I kind of wonder now, why did they choose follow when 80% of the time it means to pursue? I think this is a greater truth, and perhaps we should think this in our hearts when we read Psalm 23. This is more like what God does. David was a wandering sheep. We're all wandering sheep. We're sinners. We deserve death. And what's he saying to Yahweh? I deserve to die, but you are pursuing me, not to punish me. You're pursuing me with goodness and strong loving kindness to bring me back to your fold. And here's the paradox again. God pursues his people or those who might become his people with goodness and love, the exact opposite intent with which Pharaoh was now pursuing God's people into the sea. So, and it was, or as the King James says, and it came to pass. In the morning watch, so it's been all night long, Yahweh looked down on the Egyptian camp in the pillar of firing cloud. Now this is interesting because sometimes fire is judgment. It was light for his people, now it's fire. In the fire of the cloud, and he discomfited them. I love that word. It's pretty good translation. And then he turned the wheels of their chariots, and they drove heavily. In other words, he did something to gum up the wheels so the chariots were stuck. And then they said, let's flee from Israel because Yahweh fights for them. Too little, too late. The Egyptian army under Pharaoh finally understands Yahweh. But it's too late for them. Last part. 
Then Yahweh commanded Moses to stretch out his hand a second time, and the waters returned. And then Yahweh shook Egypt off with none, zero, remaining. Israel was saved by Yahweh. They feared him and believed in him. So Yahweh commanded Moses once again to stretch out his hand over the sea. He's finishing his work. So the waters would come back over the Egyptians. Moses did it, and the water covered the chariots, the horsemen, the whole army. So the purpose for this command of Yahweh was that the waters would return on the whole hosts of Egypt. So the timing, okay, it defies gravity. It defies all the laws of physics and science that these waters would be parted and there would be a huge wall on each side. The timing of allowing the forces of the universe to come back to their normal level, to let the waters return to the way they were in perpetuity, that's literally, that's used here. That too is a miracle. It's all a miracle with several layers. And so when he did it, by daybreak, this happened. Just as the sun was coming up, the Egyptians were fleeing now, but they fled right into these waters, going back to where they belong. And so Yahweh, quote, unquote, in figures, figure of speech, shook off the Egyptians. They covered them all, and not so much as one was left. Zero, zip, they all died. So, again, we all know the natural state of a sea is to be flat. There might be waves, but it's flat. It happened again, and every one of the enemies of God's people who sought their harm was overcome in the darkness of the night, just as the light was dawning. You see, God's light always overcomes darkness. Think of John chapter 1. And now we get a recap in the purpose of everything. Israel walked through on dry land in the midst of the sea, waters a wall to the left and the right, and he saved them. And when Israel saw his hand, his powerful hand, they feared and believed him. This is important too, and very much so applies to us. So the sons of Israel, they had, this is now past tense, had walked on dry ground through the sea, the waters of the wall, to the, on the right and the left. So we never forget that image. Yahweh saved them from the hand of the Egyptians, which was not more powerful than God. So this is a recap, and it drives home this wonderful miracle of Yahweh, what he did for his people. He saved them by his hand, his hands of power, and the cloud of his presence, his presence of darkness and light. Yahweh saved his people by a cloud of both darkness and light. And when Israel saw the Egyptians, 
dead on the seashore. The currents of it must have washed up the dead bodies onto the seashore. And having seen the great hand which Yahweh worked in Egypt, the sons of Israel feared Yahweh, believed in Yahweh. Oh yeah, and by the way, his servant Moses. So great hand is just a Hebrew figure of speech for awesome power. It's the mighty power of God. And now, here it is. Fear and faith. Notice the order. The fear of God must precede faith in God. Remember, Scripture says over and over, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It's in all the writings. I gave you Job, Psalms, Proverbs, just a few. Okay, here is something that um, I think is important. We have to put our faith in someone who is worthy. And the awesome God is a fitting object of faith. Okay? It's not a God that needs our help that we should believe in but the true God, who is awesome. He deserves for us to have faith in him. And then we're also told, this is important, they trusted God's servant Moses. By the extension of what God did through Moses, they recognized Moses is Yahweh's chosen servant, and so they can trust him as he's serving God. And here's a beautiful balance, and I didn't notice it till this morning. Their murmuring accusations have been changed to trust. Not by what Moses did, but by what God did. God, by his actions, proved to the people that Moses was his servant, and when Moses says, thus says the Lord, they should Listen, okay. again, Yahweh saved his people by a cloud of both darkness and light. And we need to remember this because this world is full of darkness now with the only light being God in his church. So let's wrap it up. Let's sum up this story. This, again, this is so important. This is the cross of the Old Testament that we just heard. This was the salvation of Israel just as the cross of Jesus Christ is now salvation for all who believe. So as Israel is defiantly leaving Egypt, thinking they're hot stuff, Yahweh causes Pharaoh to pursue them. And then they were fearful when they were overtaken. So they cried out to Yahweh and grumbled to Moses, typical mixed reaction, not quite whole, but Moses responds, fear not. Yahweh will work for you. Be silent. Then Yahweh tells Moses what he will do so he will get glory and the Egyptians will know him. And if you read on, many Egyptians that were in the army followed the Israelites and became part of God's people. Now, as they were pursuing the Israelites, the pillar of cloud 
moves. And as it moves between them, it is darkness to the Egyptians and light to God's people, and it separates these two camps. Finally, Yahweh divides the water. Israel goes through on dry ground. But as Egypt pursues them, Yahweh brings chaos onto them as he restored the waters to where they belong by the laws of the universe. Now, at this salvation, Israel feared God and believed him. May we do the same. Because just as there is darkness in this world, let's not despair. Yahweh saves his people in both darkness and light.